Hey rock stars, I'm Lydia Billings. And I'm Colleen Starcoke. And you're listening to Rules Aren't Real, a Rowan Coaching production. Have you ever followed a rule that didn't end up serving you? Here's an example. I can't be an artist and make money. Or how about this one? You can't start a new career after 30. Colleen and I want to explore why people often follow these rules, even though they aren't always awesome. Every other week, we'll dissect and debunk a societal, cultural, or individual rule invented by humans. We'll also look at some of the neuroscience behind why we're wired to follow the beaten path. On the alternating weeks, we'll interview a super rad real-life guest who has achieved badass results by completely breaking the previous week's rule. Get ready to climb out of that box, folks. Welcome to Rules Aren't Real. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We're super excited to be here with you on the first episode of Rules Aren't Real. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, I'm Lydia. I'm Colleen. Colleen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, A little about us. We are both coaches Mm -hmm. and um, we work a lot with creative people, people who live creative lives and choose specifically to live outside the box, as you will. Yep. People who are living non-traditional lives or, you know, taking sort of non-traditional career paths. And this makes a lot of sense for us because we both are creatives Mm -hmm. who have had a plethora of careers. <laughs> I mean, we've been all over the place and had a had a ton of fun on the journey, you know? It's an adventure, the whole thing's an adventure, but we really want to want to share that adventure with you and and also kind of dig into how you can do a whole bunch of different things and ignore lots of rules. And when you do so, you can still experience success, right? You don't have to choose between success and adventure. Hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that, that I've really had to kind of learn to work around in my life uh, related to that is I thought you had to do one thing to be a master of one, right, instead of a jack of all trades. That's something that I've definitely struggled with and, and you know, still have to <laughs> put a little thought into every now and then. But, it, you know, it was a similar thing for me. My background is uh, as an opera singer. I studied opera for 17 years. I feel like I've barely been alive for 17 years. I'm not sure how that's possible, but (laughs) (laughs) but studied opera for a really long time. um, And at the same time, found out I didn't want to do that professionally. So I moved to New York and taught myself graphic design. And from there, uh, became a designer. And that turned into communications and marketing. And all three of those turned into branding until I was a, uh, a partner in a boutique branding agency in New York City called Pinnacle Creative. And uh, that somehow, some way, led into me being a life coach for other creatives and, and other people who want to do all kinds of creative stuff, creative thinkers, innovators, entrepreneurs, all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's perfect. And I spend a lot of time with clients, uh, coaching clients, the same type of clients who specifically want to be creative in their lives and they feel like they can't because of all the rules that they're stuck following. So mm-hmm. whether it's I don't have enough time or I can't make money if I'm trying to be an artist or mm-hmm. I have to go to my day job and that's my main priority and there's no room for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm not a good enough artist. Mm-hmm. Like all mm-hmm. these rules that we've made up mm-hmm. about our lives and ourselves. Um, and it's like it's just such a joy as it is for you to be able to be in those conversations with clients and break that stuff up. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, tons of fun, tons of fun. I mean, just bringing awareness to the assumptions that we all make, all of us, you, me, you guys out there, the assumptions (laughs) that we make about how we're supposed to live our lives. 
big picture assumptions that we have habits of falling into. You know, mm-hmm. for example, you have to be educated in something in order to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just being able to try it on for size and make right. it happen. Right. Your college degree has to match your career. Right. Like, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. One that's come up for me a lot is you have to be qualified or fully qualified in, in order to either apply for the job, get hired for the job or start a new business. Mm-hmm. Or you have to be aligned with a larger entity in order to be seen as valid mm-hmm. when starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what Colleen and I love to do, not only bringing awareness to these rules that we've made up and our clients have made up and everyone in the world makes up left and right, but we also love to pick apart and really dissect why we believe the rules and why we continue to follow them. Mm-hmm. And we have discovered for ourselves every day, right? Because now we do this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's such a practice for us. We've discovered the power in debunking those rules mm-hmm. and choosing to create our lives the way we want rather than deciding we have to make choices because we think we should. Yeah. And so that's what this podcast is all about, yeah. is dissecting and debunking all of these rules. Well, I think you, you used a key word there, which is deciding, Uh, And what we really want to do here is bring awareness to these rules and get you guys thinking, what are the rules that you're following? Probably accidentally, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these rules, we're aware of them and we think about them and we think we have to follow them. But how many rules are you following without even knowing that you're doing so, Mm -hmm. right? Without even giving yourself the opportunity to make a decision. And it's not, you know, we've been talking a lot about professional rules. Mm -hmm. But what about personal rules or gender rules or there's all kinds of things like that like uh, I have to lose x number of pounds before I can wear this thing or go to that mm-hmm. party or I have to have a beach body to wear a <laughs> bikini right. or uh, you know as a woman I have to want to have a partner or I, or I have to want to have kids or I'm mm-hmm. not a real woman I mean there's so many of these rules that are just built into our culture and mm-hmm. our society and some of them are helpful and some of them might fit you, right? The other thing here is the rule might work for you. Right. That's where the decision comes in. Totally. It's all about discovering what the rule is and often the root of the rule. Like, where did it come from? Mm-hmm. So that you actually have power around the rule rather than having it have power over you. Mm-hmm. And then deciding, okay, does this rule work for me? Is this aligned with what I'm up to in my life? Yes mm-hmm. or no? And mm-hmm. then choosing to follow it or not. Mm-hmm. Right? And if not, then what what is a new way you'd like to create your life outside of that rule? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I feel like both of us, you know, one of the reasons why both Lydia and I were so drawn to this this topic and so excited to co-create this podcast um, is because this is such a natural part of our lives. Uh, We've done this since we were, (laughs) I don't even know when I started, right? I mean, some of the rules you inherit, a lot of our rules we inherit, and I think probably in both Lydia's and my case, we were lucky enough to inherit the rule that you don't have to pay attention to rules. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, so we, we came in with a little extra game on this front and, and that's what we're here to share. One thing I think I really also want to bring up in this intro, se- intro. I was gonna say session. Here I am, my, my coach is showing up. I, I just I gave, I gave myself away. Your coach is showing <laughs> But in this intro episode is, we're not just here to talk about breaking the rules, right? This isn't just about sort of uh, anarchy. Joyful anarchy. It's a little bit about joyful anarchy, I'll be honest with you. But no, but it's it's also about how you can be successful mm-hmm. from breaking the rules, right? I mean, in my own life, I've had um, 
I don't even know, five, six careers since mm-hmm. I was a sort of taxpaying post-college adult, you know? Yeah. I think the the minimum income I've ever made in New York City, and this was as like a 24-year-old, was 45000 mm-hmm. And that's starting new careers, starting new jobs that I didn't have education in, that I wasn't qualified in. But I was qualified in the sense that I knew I could do it. I knew I could learn it. I knew I had the potential. And so I went for it. But there's a lot of success that's available through discovering what the rules are, what the assumptions are that you're following and making decisions about whether or not they're helpful for you. And what makes you feel confident? I think one of the main things is feeling empowered in your decisions. When you make choices about what your life looks like instead of just accepting what's available, or what you think is available. Or what you think is available. What you can see is currently yeah, available. Yeah, that's a big piece of it, right? But when you're making decisions instead, when you're bringing awareness to the fact that, oh, wait, do I have other options here? Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm not going to take this option that everyone else took or right. that, that I thought I was supposed to t- or take. Or that I've taken over and over again. Or that my parents recommended. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever that looks like. When you make decisions about that, that's a really powerful place to work from, right? Yeah. And there's also some, there's, for me, there's a really powerful sense of groundedness. When I meet a person who is confident in who they are and they're making choices that they believe in and that they care about, not because they think they should, but because those are the choices they want to make. Mm-hmm. And it's so attractive to be with people that operate in life mm-hmm. that way. And it's mm-hmm. so empowering to mm-hmm. be, you know, in an environment surrounded by those types of people. Mm-hmm. So by breaking rules, not only are we empowering ourselves, but we're actually providing an opportunity for people around us to do the same or maybe to question, oh my God, I've been doing my whole life the same way for the Mm -hmm. last 30 years. Why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. Right? Not like there's anything wrong with the way we've been doing things, but there is so much joy and beauty and deliciousness in discovering the other side of the rules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we're here for. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's sort of like going from primary colors to technicolor. (laughs) Like (laughs) all of a sudden you have this amazing, huge new palette you can paint with. And I mean, beyond being empowering and grounding and all these other things we're talking about, it's just fucking fun. It's so fun. It's like that (laughs) moment in The Wizard of Oz when it becomes... Like from black and white and then uh-huh. it suddenly becomes colorful and you're like, oh my God, this universe <laughs> that I get to live and play in now. It's just a whole level just, of deliciousness. I was thinking about in Pleasantville, mm. um, the old men on the porch when there's the girl walking up and she's carrying her books and one old man says, look at her books. And the other one says, look at her sweater. <laughs> <laughs> it's a world in full color, folks. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> awesome all right so why don't we why don't we dig in just a little bit um you know we're we're talking a lot about what we're going to be doing here and why it's important to us i bet they'd like to get a little bit get to know a little bit more about who we actually are and what our history is you want to you want to start so i grew up in a small town ithaca new york which is upstate uh from new york city where we are now and ithaca is a community that's known for being very diverse with a lot of very opinionated and well-spoken and loudly spoken people it's a (laughs) college town so lots of people are involved in the local government and the community and um, I was exposed as a young kid my whole life to people from all walks of life from all over the world with different interests and backgrounds and that really contributed to my ability to be independent and to be unique and be myself and really discover and create who I was and that doesn't mean that I was exempt from rule following you know I um, I did 
break some rules. In high school, specifically, I, um, I would skip some classes. Sorry, mom and dad. I would skip classes <laughs> to spend... <laughs> To spend most of my time in the dark room uh-huh. because I was discovering photography and I just knew this is what I'm going to be doing for my life. This is what I'm in love with. I yeah. am a photographer. And I was like, screw it. This is where I need to spend my time. And mm-hmm. if I get a D in economics, I actually don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like that was me starting to to bump up against the rules a little bit. And I broke a rule pretty quickly. Uh, as soon as I got to college, I actually went to college for photography, which is not a highly recommended or responsible or financially stable choice Mm -hmm, that a lot mm -hmm. of kids are encouraged to make. Mm -hmm. Um, Advanced flower arrangement over there. I know. (laughs) Underwater basket weaving, you know? Um, And I did it full force and I spent four years learning exactly what I wanted to learn and it was so incredible. And that all, that choice came from this very deep-seated just confidence in me that I was a photographer Mm -hmm. like that's what I was going to be doing for my life and Mm -hmm. so that's really an example of like when you know exactly what you want and you can really choose that powerfully then why wouldn't you Mm -hmm. right like why why should any rule Mm -hmm. stand in the way Mm -hmm. and this is for the people listening too. like what choices have you not made or what what choices have you shirked away from because you thought you shouldn't make that choice Mm -hmm. right although I have to say just a quick interjection here Lydia before we come back to more of your personal history a lot of people get stuck on Mm. choosing what they should do in terms of oh I don't have a passion or I don't know what my Mm. passion is or I don't know what my one thing is I mean you were really lucky in this way that you knew what you wanted to do completely and I think that one thing that both of us work with our clients around in terms of you know coming across as coaches is knowing what you want from life doesn't necessarily equate knowing what you want to do yeah so you know for example I didn't and I still don't necessarily right like <laughs> I, I'm I'm very much like a what do I want to do when I grow up it's not about the single passion and this mm-hmm. is what I've discovered it's about the criteria that I have for my life mm-hmm. right so once I figured out that I need my life to be creative challenging, flexible, geoagnostic, you know, these kinds of things. Then I just work to find careers and opportunities that fit into those criteria. Right. And I pursued that full force and with confidence. Yeah. So you don't have to necessarily know what your passion is in order to be able to take this leap. Yeah, it's so perfect. And you said I'm very lucky that I knew at a young age what I wanted to do. And it's and it's true. I'm so grateful for the fact that I I do have parents who let me explore as a kid and they never told me that I shouldn't be an artist or that that was an irresponsible choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and yet, although photography has been a part of my life pretty, you know, in a pretty linear way, like I started taking pictures when I was 10. I learned about film when I was 14. I went to college for it. I now am a professional photographer and I teach photography as well as being a coach, right? So photography has always been there and I don't just have one career, Mm -hmm. which is another rule that I've broken, right? So I'm a coach. Um, I am an activist. Mm -hmm. I work very passionately with a group that I co-founded dealing with sexual assault and Mm -hmm. issues around that, right? So there's, there's this idea, I think, that a lot of people have where they're supposed to pick one thing forever. And that's a rule that I just, I never, you know, I do have my one thing and I have all my other things too. Mm -hmm. So, and if I didn't have my one main thing, my one, you know, passion in photography, that would be okay too. Mm -hmm. Like what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. There's not a requirement to have 
one focus. And mm-hmm. I think if we did all do that, we'd be quite bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think I think the world would be a less dynamic and interesting place to be. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, and, and this, I think, is also... We're in a really cool moment in history right now. There's... There's big opportunity happening. We have this sort of new economy with all of these um, tools that are kind of available to the masses. So we have an ability to create our own lives on an unprecedented scale right now mm-hmm. to choose a variety of things and to choose kind of the the creative and colorful combination that's going to make us satisfied, fulfilled, that's going to give us the amount of money that we need to stay alive, which for you might be hardly any money and for you might be a ton of money, right? Like, again, it's about being able to choose, including if you have a single passion that you want to master, master, master and do that for your whole life, you know what? Good on you. Yeah, go do that. Good on you, baby. (laughs) Like, that's awesome. Make that happen. That sounds like it works for you. It's just about making a choice. Right. So after college, I moved down to New York City as quickly as I could get my butt down here um, because New York City is where photography lives. Mm -hmm. So I was very uh, excited to get down here. It was where I'd always wanted to be. And um, I actually have managed to be a working photographer for Mm -hmm. the period of time since I graduated, which is only a few years now. But I shouldn't even say only, right? To be a working artist in a city like New York is kind of going against a whole lot of rules we have. Oh, yeah. Right? So I had this idea uh, in my past, and I think a lot of artists have this, that I can't actually pursue my art and sustain my life financially. Mm -hmm. I have to choose one or the other. I can't have both. Mm -hmm. And it's naive to think that Mm -hmm. I will ever be successful Mm -hmm. as an artist. Or even something like, you know, I I have to tell you, as an opera singer, when I moved to New York, um, everybody says, well, you have to have a regular job. Right, and this is a thing for artists. It's like not a day to, job. Yeah, day job. Yeah. Artists, they say, well, you have to have a you have to have a day job, or at least when you get here, What's you have your to start real job? by having a day job. Right, <laughs> you have a day job, and then you have your art. Um, and yeah, for some people that works, cool. Mm-hmm. And for other people, if you want to come here and just only do your art full time and hustle on that and make it work, like Lydia did. Fabulous. Make it happen. Right. Exactly. Do it to it. Yeah. Also, uh, just a little extra tidbit about us. Uh, How old are you, Lydia? 25. I just turned 25. Just turned 25. Okay. And I will be turning 33 this summer. Mm -hmm. So you got a little bit of an age variation (laughs) going on over here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's that's I think all I want to share for now. You'll hear more about me as we continue. But I want everyone to hear a bit more about you, Colleen. And Sort of where you've come from and tell us more about opera and anything else that right. you want to share. All right, sure, sure. So I was trying to think where to start in terms of where I've gotten my rule blaking, my rule blaking tendencies. <laughs> One of the rules that I blake on a regular basis is that you don't need to uh, say words the way they're spelled, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> no, actually, I think I got a lot of it from my parents. You know, I, I actually grew up in um, small town, Northern California and Oregon. I was born in a town, I was born at Mount Shasta, a really tiny town, and then lived until I was about seven in a town called Loyalton, which had about 1,000, 1,200 people. Um, From there, moved to Klamath Falls, Oregon, which had about 17,000. And from there to Bend, Oregon, which had about 80,000, I think, when we got there. So pretty small places for the most part. And I got to tell you, not very diverse. Really a lot of rules that everybody in these towns follow. You know, Mm -hmm. the sort of small town rules we're all used to, right? But... Whether or not the towns had those rules or the the culture of where I lived had those rules, 
my family absolutely did not. Um, so I'm an only child and, and my dad is a doctor, I guess, although I feel like that doesn't really, what you're picturing in your head is not what my dad is. <laughs> and then uh, my mom has been all kinds of things. She's been a nurse and a, and a costume creator and, and all kinds of stuff. And I call them Sherlock and the fairy. He has a, <laughs> he has a beard and he's very practical and knowledgeable. And, and my mom is, uh, she sort of lives in another universe, but all growing up with maybe them. Maybe with my mom. Yeah, yeah, maybe, right? <laughs> I don't know. All growing up uh, with them, they sort of modeled rule breaking, you know? So the reason my dad became a doctor was because he believes in quality of life over making tons of money. Hmm. So he picked a job where he could make a good income working part time for his whole life. Hmm. And that's awesome. one of the specific reasons why he went into it. When I was growing up in elementary school, my parents took me out of school for a month every spring. We put the camper on the back of the pickup truck and we drove down through California and lived in Baja for a month uh, every spring. And we lived in the dunes and if the truck broke, we ended up living with uh, Mexican ranchers. And <laughs> you know, so in another classic example of not having to follow the rules, my dad every Easter, because that's usually when we were down there, they got me churros, um, which were delivered, according to my dad, by the Easter Coyote. <laughs> so, so perfect. Of course, I went back to school in my small town, and all the kids I went to school with thought I was a total lunatic. Um, but that's okay. You know, when you're a kid, it's all about fitting in. When you're an adult, the stuff that makes you bad at being a kid is uh, what makes you great at being a grown-up. So yep. it's worked out fine. But, you know, I think the, the rule-breaking kind of came from there. Um, and then at a pretty early age, I got into music and started uh, training as a singer. And that was that started when I was 10. Same with mm -hmm. you in photography. There you go. <laughs> and uh, music is kind of a world in its own. Music is, is international. It's creative. Um, there's all kinds of people in music from all walks of life. The only thing that we all really have in common is, is a passion for music. Mm. So I got a lot of information about diversity and different paths from the music world. Mm. So I did that and uh, went to college in Indiana University, the Jacobs School of Music. And uh, when I went, I uh, was going for a conservatory education. So most people say, okay, music school, this is a, well, if you know about music, you know that it's a really full-time job, right? If you don't know about music, you think it's an advanced beanbag arrangement. Same, same, <laughs> same sort of thing. But I thought, well, you know, I'm pretty sure I want to do music, but I want to have the opportunity to do all kinds of things. So... I got a uh, Bachelor of Music in Vocal Performance, and I got a Bachelor of Arts in International Studies with a minor in Western European Studies. Um, I did it in five years. It was a ton of fun, and I got to learn all kinds of things. I got to be around all kinds of people, and that was a good start. During the summers, I studied in different countries, so I'm learning about different cultures, and you know, traveling, any kind of traveling, really makes you challenge your assumptions. Because there's all kinds of things that you think just happen a certain way. And then you go to another country or you go even across our country and you immediately realize, oh, no, that's just how we do those things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how those things are done, you know. So and I think that's been another major part of um, my development as a rule breaker has been tons <laughs> of travel. Right. Yeah. So studied abroad a lot. And then immediately moved to New York City. And it's funny because most people, they say, why did you move to New York City? And I think I'm supposed to answer because it's where opera auditions happen. Okay. And that may have been 
where the idea, the seed of the idea came from. But yep. I think for me, it was more about seeking diversity. Mm. Uh, most of the places that I grew up were basically white with a pinch of Mexican, mm. you know? And I always felt really weird in places where everyone was the same. It, fe- it felt yeah. so strange to me, you know? So I came to New York and I love it for most of the reasons people love it. It's it's one of the most diverse places in the world. It is the world entire. Um, and it's not just diversity, racial diversity. It's every kind of person doing every kind of thing for every kind of reason. Yeah. You know, and that's really cool. Like if you live in New York, you're also uh, sort of getting coded as a rule breaker. Totally. There's all different kinds of things that you can do here that you never would have thought of. You, you're almost required to break a lot of rules to mm-hmm. survive in New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I got to New York, I pretty quickly decided that I didn't want to be an opera singer professionally and taught myself graphic design. So number one rule that I broke, didn't go to school for it, just decided to teach myself while I had a different job. Found a mentor who helped me become more of a designer, started working as a designer. That led to me getting jobs in uh, communications and marketing. Um, Here's another one, you have to be qualified for the job to get it. (laughs) (laughs) I had very little history as a designer and I got hired for design and communications um, because I showed up having completely redesigned one of the periodicals that the company I was working for had on their website that I thought could use a refresh. So I showed up with my interview with a completely redesigned product to show my skill set because I didn't have the experience. I was like, fuck that rule. I want this job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can do this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. From there, uh, got recruited out to be a marketing manager and uh, the marketing director and I of that company became partners in a boutique branding agency in uh, Chelsea, New York. And that was a ton of fun. Uh, Also with that, breaking some rules, you have to have an office, you have to have a center of operations. Mm -hmm. We all worked from each other's apartments, from home, from cafes, from Mm -hmm. hotel lobbies are one of my favorite, nice and swanky. Yeah, there's a few favorites actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all all kinds of things like that. And and then um, honestly, I got... I got a little burnt out from doing too many things at once and realized that one of the rules I needed to break, this is a classic New York rule, is that if you're not working 24-7, you're lazy. You're not working hard enough. You're not working hard enough, right? You're never going to be successful unless you're overworking, unless you're stressed out and super busy. That becomes a value in this city. And uh, I followed that one accidentally for quite a few years, didn't realize, um, before I came back to my own values, which have a lot more to do with quality of life. And that led me, you know, amongst a lot of other things, to, to coaching. So now I do personal brand and, and life coaching, career coaching, kind of whatever kind of coaching everybody needs. <laughs> <laughs> We're all one person at the end of the day. It all affects everything else. I have pink hair. I have tattoos. Um, I say fuck to my clients, (laughs) you know, Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm doing great work. They benefit from it. We're all on the same page. And to us, that looks like success. Yeah. It's funny. The more we talk about it, the more rules I identify Mm -hmm. as rules I have already broken. Mm -hmm. Um, What you just were talking about, I don't know what you said that reminded me of this, but this week I am moving to a new apartment, which is such a thing in New York City, and I'm actually moving in with my boyfriend, who I currently live with, but also we're moving in with my business partner, which is like, what? What? Yeah, you're, oh, you're, you're shitting where you eat all yeah, over the place. Like, <laughs> like, everything is happening in one place. 
The office is going to be next to my bedroom that I share with my boyfriend, right? So it's just like so many rules are being broken. My office is in my home, which a lot of people do, but not with someone that they aren't like in a relationship with, right? Mm-hmm. So, and my business partner is married, but his husband lives in Boston. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Another rule broken, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can't have a meaningful, you know, sustainable relationship mm-hmm. long distance. Mm-hmm. It's just like, they're just everywhere, you guys. If you're committed to something and you're committed to an intention, the details don't matter. Yeah. They really don't. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew I was going to be a photographer in New York City. Bam. I got my butt here. I brought my camera. I am now a photographer mm-hmm. in New York City. Mm-hmm. And whatever else fills in mm-hmm. the blanks is just part of that. Mm-hmm. You know what? Right? I, knew I, I knew I was going to be my own boss and make a good living and be there able to go. work from home and be able to travel. I didn't know what I was going to do <laughs> from home while or traveling. traveling. Yeah, or what that looked like. I just knew I wanted to be my own boss and be an entrepreneur. And like, mm-hmm. bing, bang, boom. It's happening, you mm-hmm. know? But you have to create it. Yeah. And here we are. You have to decide it. Totally. All right. So... Cool. I feel like that's kind of a, a basically what we're going for here, and I hope you guys have had a good time listening <laughs> to us list our, all of our sort of shenanigans and approaches and all of that. Um, you know, we're also going to be getting into some of the neuroscience uh, behind why we stick to these habits, why we forget to question, and and you know, there's some basic stuff. I can just give you a brief intro. One of the one of the main pieces here is that our brains are wired to take the shortest path to reward. Mm. And what that means for us is that our brains are wired to do what's familiar. Mm. That's the shortest path. In other words, that's the path we've already walked. Our brain knows the route. It can do it in the dark, Mm -hmm. blindfolded, no issue. Um, And that feels good. That feels good to walk a path that you're familiar with. So for us to change that, we have to be really conscious about it. And that's why we're talking about bringing awareness to it. And and not only that, not just being conscious of it and bringing awareness to it, but also really understanding what the benefits are, right? Like if you make a different decision, if you open up what's possible in your life, what can happen? What's the impact of that going to be? And, and how are you going to feel about it, right? Because... <laughs> We all act according to how we feel. When you feel shitty, when you feel limited, you can't take great actions Mm -hmm. out of that feeling. But if you feel like the world is at your fingertips, if you feel like everything that comes at you is a choice, if you feel like you're not forced to do this, that, or the other thing, if you feel empowered and confident, I mean, wow, the Mm -hmm. world is your oyster. Everything in the world is an opportunity. Yeah. Right? And that's a pretty awesome space to live in. Totally. Yeah. So uh, over the next many, many weeks that we're creating this podcast, (laughs) Uh um, we will be uh, each, uh, every two weeks, we're going to be talking about a specific rule Mm -hmm. and picking that apart and talking more about the neuroscience and why we follow those rules and where we get that rule from and all of that. And then the week after, uh, on alternating weeks, we will invite a super awesome guest every other week Mm -hmm. to talk about how they broke that specific rule in their life, Mm -hmm. and what were the results? What was the impact of choosing a different opportunity? With a few different decisions in your life, you can experience a completely different level of success. And not success as society defines it, or as your parents define it, or as your town defines it, but as Mm. you define it. Yeah, there is a true difference between sort of a prescribed success and your own sense of personal achievement and mm-hmm. accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're getting at. Yeah, it's a it's it's an ability to really identify 
understand and live to your own values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be up to. The other thing is we really want to hear about what rules you've broken. So in a few seconds, you're going to hear about where you can share that information with us on social media. Please do share. Tell us all about the rules that you've broken, the success you've experienced as a result, assumptions you've challenged. This is intended to be a community affair, a world community affair. So bring it on. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rules Aren't Real. We hope it gave you some serious food for thought when it comes to the rules you might be following in your own lives. In fact, we'd love to hear about those personal rules of yours or any other thoughts you have about our show. Join the conversation on Instagram at RAR Podcast today. If you want to learn more about Lydia or me, please visit our website at rowancoaching.com slash RAR. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to break some more rules with you next week. See you soon. soon.